a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. broadcast of tapping to the truth hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course with you as always i'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host tim tap coming to you from historic roan county tennessee and so very glad to have you along for the ride lots of stuff going on and we're going to jump right into things right after i talk to you about our friends over at fourpatriots.com yeah, I'm going to do it right off the bat so we can get that one out of the way. Why? Because it is important, ladies and gentlemen, it is important that you are prepared for the worst of times. How can you be truly enjoying all the blessings of individual liberty without being self-sufficient, self-reliant? How can you be self-reliant if you're not prepared for the worst? Who's going to help you be better prepared than our friends at 4Patriots.com? doesn't matter if you're taking a long, hard look at their survival food kits or if you're looking at their solar powered generators that helps to protect you from the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning helps to protect you from the unnecessary noise related to other powered generators that might draw unwanted attention you know those are some positives those are some good things worth taking a look at plus water filtration, garden supplies, heirloom seeds. It doesn't matter what it is you're looking for. If it will help you to survive an extended period of time with the normal supply chain, societal supply 
uh, infrastructure down out of the way, whether we're talking about the power grid or your local grocery store, this is something you need to look at. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till you're already in the middle of the disaster because then it's too late. Go look at what they have to offer. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not saying go over there and buy, 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 buy. Although I think if you take a look around, you're probably going to go ahead and make some purchases, and that's fine. Just remember when you're ready to, to use promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, to get 10% off at your checkout. Uh, that is forpatriots.com. Just visit them right away. Go see everything they've got on the table. I'm still having a lot of fun putting my uh, Patriot Power sidekick through the the paces here, it's it's a phenomenal piece of equipment. It's just a backup battery source, and it can be charged solar as well. I'm having a good time with it. Just remember, take a look and see what they have to offer. You can't go wrong. Once more, that's 4patriots.com, the number 4patriots.com. And again, don't forget to use check the Promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. You're really going to want to do that. Save yourself 10%. Why would you not? All right, let's take a look at what is going on. First of all, in the state of Florida, a federal judge has issued a temporary block on portions of the Florida law protecting children from life-damaging medical treatments in the name of so-called gender affirming care thing is though this particular federal judge yeah, he's kind of got a history of trying to interfere with the sunshine state's conservative movement you know they have been trying to push in the general conservative direction especially under governor ron DeSantis. u.s district court for the Northern District of Florida Judge Robert Hinkle. He defied basic biological science this past Tuesday when he concluded that gender identity is real. And that's a quote. He actually said that in the ruling. Gender identity is real. Yeah, but not the way you're using the term. This particular ruling, again, it partially strikes down the law that was signed by Governor Ron DeSantis just this past month that bans doctors from prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to minors. It stops the chemical castration of minors. It seems like a no-brainer, but here's the problem. This particular federal judge doesn't seem to have a brain. He probably knows the law. Uh, that's what makes him so expert at defying uh, basic common sense and, uh, of course, ignoring constitutional requirements, but definitely doesn't know medicine. Now, Hinkle, he was appointed by former president and known associate of a certain sex trafficker, uh, who had a private island and did not hang himself. Uh, you know the guy. Uh, that guy, the former president, of course, is Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton nominated him. This guy, Hinkle, he ruled that the benefits of treatment with these puberty blockers and eventually with cross-sex hormones 
would outweigh the risk despite the substances receiving a warning from the Food and Drug Administration last year due to potential brain swelling, loss of vision, and uh, let's just say other serious risks for children. In other words, stop. The FDA basically was telling doctors, stop using this stuff off-label. It was never meant for children, and it's certainly not meant for this type of... Uh, I, I don't even want to use the word treatment. Treatment's the word they want us to use. Let's not use their... Because it's not a treatment. You're getting the treatment, all right. You're getting the business. But it's not good for children. And it doesn't help affirm any kind of identity. It only puts their health at risk. But this judge, he's on board with the struggle that is real for the agenda. Not for the children. He doesn't care about anybody suffering from gender dysphoria. He cares about trying to protect the leftist agenda. That's it. That's what he did here. He's pushing back because of something that Ron DeSantis and the conservatives of the state of Florida want. He's pushing back because he wants to be a hero of the left rather than a judge of law and order, a judge upholding the Constitution, a judge understanding that the government that we formed in this country has one role, and that is to protect the public, especially those in a position least able to protect themselves. I think the minors that are being pushed into this type of gender ideology medical crosshair falls into that category. Anyway, quoting here from Hinkle's little decision, <clears throat> the elephant in the room should be noted at the outset. Gender identity is real. The record makes this clear. What record exactly are you referring to, Your Honor? What record? Because this is where you seem to be deviating from actual science. This seems to be where you are deviating from actual concern for the children. This seems to be where you're deviating from the law, Your Honor. But, you know, the record makes it clear. Hinkle's latest move comes after other, <clears throat> I will diplomatically refer to as controversial actions, uh, certainly in recent years, that the judge has taken against DeSantis in particular, and, of course, the conservative members of the Florida legislature. Uh, back in August of 2020, DeSantis suspended liberal Hillsborough County State Attorney Andrew Warren. Just so happens to be, I know we're not supposed to say this part out loud, but I'm going to do it. A George Soros-funded prosecutor. <gasps> the conspiracy, the theory, the fact, the truth. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. So DeSantis said, okay, Andrew Warren, if you don't want to, I don't know, do the job of attorney general for your county, then you don't get to hold the position anymore. Anyway, DeSantis suspended him for refusing to uphold certain state laws and for undoing police work 
which authorities argued emboldened criminals. And I would say that's a valid argument because we've seen it. We know it happens. It is the reality. Uh, just ask anybody trying to do business in a currently democratic-held city, or even more so an entire state, where they refuse to treat criminals like criminals. Crime is just getting worse in those places. Emboldening them is the least of what's happened. Anyway, DeSantis also ousted Warren after the attorney pledged not to prosecute women for violating a recently enacted state law that bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy and would forego criminality, forego criminality, forego criminally charging doctors who perform sex changes on patients in the event sex change operations on patients that happen to be under the age of 18. That is the law. Now, during a press conference, Governor DeSantis said that he would not allow this pathogen of ignoring the law to get a foothold in the state of Florida. So, he took the necessary steps to eliminate the Soros-funded so-called Attorney General from being able to ignore the law, which is the opposite of his job. Anyway, he's supposed to be a law enforcement officer. Well, what happens? Nearly four months later, his honor, Judge Hinkle, Hinkley, Judge Hinckley ruled that DeSantis violated the Constitution but upheld Warren's suspension, saying that the governor made false allegations that the Florida attorney had blanket policies not to prosecute certain kinds of cases. Now, I tend to think that when you make public announcements that you're not going to do certain things, even though they are against the law, or you're not going to do certain things, even if they become a violation of the law, that that's pretty much the definition of having blanket policies not to prosecute certain kinds of cases. Call me silly. Call me outrageous. But I kind of think that is what we're talking about here, right? So Warren's removal from office 
headed to the Federal Appeals Court in Alabama last month, but a final decision hasn't been made, not yet, at least according to the local Fox channel. I don't see how you can legitimately say the governor of the state doesn't have the authority to take this action, given the circumstances and the track record that the attorney already had. But the point here is that the judge that just said gender identity is real also said, well, you know, we're going to uphold this, even though in my learned professional opinion, Governor DeSantis violated the Constitution. Now, if you really think he violated the Constitution, why did you not overturn uh, the suspension? I mean, if it was a violation of the Constitution, shouldn't the suspension be overturned? I Again, Your Honor, that is your job, right? I, I mean, if it really is... No, 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 no. The job, clearly, in this case, is to just be a hero for the left and make the statements that you feel like you can get away with, but you still don't want to draw attention to yourself as totally incompetent and totally ignoring the law yourself. Because if you completely ignore the law yourself, it completely and totally, then when there is a new sheriff in town, in so much as a different president, then you might run the risk of an effort to impeach your federal court backside, right? Anyway, in the months leading up to the 2020 presidential election, Hinckley dismantled portions of Florida's felon voting law. Uh, the law that states Republican-controlled legislature passed last year that requires people with felony convictions to pay all outstanding court debts to be eligible to vote, generally something that is pretty much the law in almost all 50 states. Something that's generally part of a convicted felon's requirements in order to get their voting rights back. And they have to square up with the court. They have to pay off whatever fees they still owe, pay whatever fines are still outstanding. Whatever court debts are held you should have to pay back because until you have, you still haven't technically completed the task of paying your debt to society. It's just in this case, it's literal debt, not the metaphorical debt of having committed a crime that got you to be convicted of a felony in the first place. The judge said, Sorry, you know, we're going to take away part of part of this felon voting law because, you know, it's just not fair. And by not fair, what he means is it's not fair that so many, we suspect, almost entirely Democratic voters would be ineligible to vote. Now, in my mind, even though statistically that might be the case, I find it terribly, terribly racist to just block all of these felons who are now have paid their debt to society 
to be lockstep with the Democratic Party. That's, that's entirely, entirely racist, right? Anyway, Hinckley did not completely strike down the law. He argued that nearly 775,000 felons with outstanding legal and financial obligations barred from voting violated the U.S. Constitution ban on poll taxes. But that's not the case, is it, Your Honor? Because it's not a tax on the poll. It's not saying that you have to pay before you can vote. This is an instance of saying you have to pay before you can have your voting rights restored because you're a convicted felon. You, by virtue of having become a convicted felon, someone living outside of the laws and the rules of society, who had your legal rights of citizenship stripped away on a temporary basis, that you do have to jump through some hoops before you can have your rights restored. And I don't hear you saying that they shouldn't have to jump through these hoops. I just hear you saying that we want more Democrats voting so that, uh, you know, maybe we don't have to deal with a Ron DeSantis next go-round. Maybe we can stop the next Republican governor of the state of Florida. Maybe we can change out some of those state legislators. That's what I hear you saying. And again, terribly, terribly racist of you, and yes, it is racist and bigoted, to just assume that all of these would-be voters are going to be voting on the side of the Democratic cause. Again, statistically, you're probably right. But it's an awfully big assumption, and it seems like some pretty flimsy legal arguments here. Oh, it's a violation of the Constitution uh, because there's a ban on poll taxes, and, and that's what this is. Is it really? Because if that's the case, why are you allowed to place a fine at all? Why does a convicted felon, after they have metaphorically paid their debt to society by, you know, doing their time, why do they have to pay the courts anything? I mean, come on. I don't hear you making that case. I mean, maybe this judge has, but certainly hasn't been nearly as vocal about that as he seemed to be about trying to stop Ron DeSantis and the general conservative movement in the state of Florida. Anyway, during his argument, he quoted, <clears throat> This pay-to-vote system would be universally decried as unconstitutional, but for one thing, each citizen at issue was convicted at some point in the past of a felony offense. Yes, Your Honor, that's kind of the whole point. This judge is making an argument that the law is wrong. Fair enough, but as a judge, it's not your job to say the law is wrong. It's your job to issue rulings and dictates based on the Constitution first and then the law second, because the Constitution trumps the law. But now you're trying to interpret something entirely different in order to try to vacate part of a law you don't like. Now, some people would argue, isn't that also the 
the role of a judge, and I would say we've come to think of it that way. But if you look at what the role of a judge is supposed to be, then we're going to have to go with not really as the answer. Again, we've we've kind of allowed it to evolve that way, but most laws are written in a way that it does not require interpretation. And in fact, if you are having to interpret a law, that's basically an admission that you're trying to think of some crazy way to work around the law, not that you're trying to enforce the law, not that you respect the law, that you don't like it and you're trying to not have to enforce it by being too clever by half. That's not the job of a judge. But yes, the judge wrote in his 125-page ruling, quote, a state may disenfranchise felons and impose conditions on their re-enfranchisement, but the conditions must pass constitutional scrutiny. Well, I would say with an unequivocal response that yes, that is a correct legal philosophy. But that's not really what you're trying to do here, Your Honor, is it? You're not trying to say that this has become a poll tax because you generally believe that. You're saying that that's become a poll tax because you want more Democratic votes. And although former presidents, orange man who's bad, kicker of puppies, eater of babies, climate arsonist, Donald John Trump, although he clinched the Florida vote back in 2020 by 3.4 point margin, technically, Hinkle's efforts did not go unnoticed in the southern red state. With Hinkle's latest move using federal authority to override Florida's historic legislation, legislation that protects children from harmful leftist initiatives like surgical mutilations and chemical castrations, well, the battle could reach the U.S. Supreme Court in the very near future, and I hope that all sides continue to push to that level because we do need a ruling. And, excuse me, Justice Roberts, we don't need a narrow ruling that only applies to the single case we need you to come down and actually say, hey, guys, first and foremost, states' issues are states' issues. We need to stop having federal cases on state issues. That would be the first thing that you guys need to do. But secondly, we also need to say that, uh, well, either we're going to stand by the fact that these states get to issue whatever dictates that they wish to put in place in order for a convicted felon to have their rights restored, or they don't get to do that. And if they don't get to, 
then you're going to have to amend the Constitution so that the federal government has the authority, and then they're going to have to lay out the guidelines, and then they're going to have to enforce those guidelines, and they need to enforce them equally across the board because that's what the Constitution insists upon. The enforcement of laws with equality, not equity, equality, as in we treat you all the same in the eyes of the law because the law doesn't look at your economic background. It doesn't look at your skin tone. It doesn't look at what church you attend because justice, that lady justice that stands in front of the courtrooms holding up that scale, she's got a blindfold on so that she hears the facts of the case and so that justice is served, knowing only the facts. That's the way it's supposed to work. Again, using federal authority to try to override Florida law that is designed solely, specifically, for the purpose of protecting children? Well, it's a ridiculous overreach. But it's also ignoring the facts on the ground, trying to pretend like somehow this is a harm to people. Oh, no, how dare you harm someone by actually protecting them? How harmful this is. The only people being harmed by this are the egos of the parents that are pushing these children into this situation in the first place. The only people being harmed by this are the medical professionals or people claiming to be medical professionals that are getting brand new lifelong future customers. Because again, once you start down that path, if you take certain things, you do certain things, especially for a certain amount of time, then there's just no coming back that doesn't require constant monitoring and adjustments and actual care to have any level of quality of life. Jeremy Redfern, spokesperson for DeSantis, he was talking to Reuters, sent them an email technically, uh, but was through the email talking to Reuters, said that the governor's office obviously disagrees with the judge's ruling and said, quote, we will continue fighting against the rogue elements in the medical establishment that push ideology over evidence and protect against mutilating our kids. That's the right thing. And Florida needs to continue to fight it. And it doesn't matter if it's DeSantis. It doesn't matter if it's Redford. It doesn't matter if it's even Florida. Tennessee's got a fight of its own that it needs to take up. We had our own little issue just the other day when we had a federal judge say, oh, no, 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 you can't say no adult cabaret performances uh, in front of children. That's just, it's too broad. It's not going to be uh, enforced in a fashion that isn't somehow discriminatory, or at the very least, it opens up the possibility of discriminatory uh, enforcement. This from a Trump appointee, no less. Technically, it's not supposed to matter. And like I said, when we first talked about this in the uh, Sunday Marathon show, that was essentially a double show, 
and I'm counting it as such for the case of the sponsors, FYI. <laughs> it's the judge did a really good job of laying out what the state of Tennessee needs to do to amend the law or to just flat out write a new law and pass it so that they can do what needs to be done. Get a little more specific and be sure to legally define the obscenity that you're trying to protect your children from because that was one of the major hangups. That's one of the major things that this judge continues to say when he's been questioned about it since. Well, what we have to worry about and what we have to understand when we talk about obscenity is that not all obscenity is protected speech. Clearly, legal obscenity. Things that we would define legally as being obscene are not protected. They're not afforded the same protections. It's not free speech. That much has been made clear. The the Supreme Court, multiple courts, in fact, have ruled on this very concept on multiple occasions. Even primarily left-leaning judges, when they've had the majority, uh, of course, then left-leaning judges weren't anything like the Elena Kagans and the Sonia Sotomayors and, of course, the Ketanji Brown-Jacksons. Uh, they were never anything like these folks. I mean, these are uber leftists that uh, they are so far to the left that they make most people that claim the mantle of progressive feel like they're middle of the road. But previously, folks that still were clearly leaners to the left have ruled that obscenity is not free speech. But this judge decided to lay it all out there saying that obscenity in the vernacular is not the same as obscenity in the legal terms. So I guess the first order of business, Tennessee legislature, and all you other states out there looking to do the same thing, is legally defined obscenity. And then use that legal definition to go back and rewrite these laws. That's where we're going to have to leave things as we go into our mid-hour break that's already just a smidge late. But before we do the mid-hour break, I want to take just a little bit of time to talk about our sponsor, Gold Co. Now, Gold Co. will be leaving our rotation of sponsors very soon. And I am going to miss them. And for your guys' benefit, we are going to go out there. We're going to go find another gold company. Uh, probably something a little more that's just a straight-up exchange so that you can invest uh, on your terms. But if you happen to have an IRA, if you happen to have long-term savings, and you have a lot of that tied up in dollars, it's still a great idea to go talk to our friends over at Gold Co. I still believe they can be very helpful for you. And even once they're gone, uh, once they're no longer in the rotation, and once we're talking about somebody else on here, I still want to heavily encourage you to talk to the folks over there at Gold Co. They are very good at rolling over IRAs. That's their primary focus. You can do other stuff with them, too, and you can make straight purchases of, of gold, silver, and other uh, precious metals. There's, there's no question there. But their focus is on protecting your wealth, protecting your retirement. And so if you're a regular listener and you've been putting off uh, making this call, 
please don't put it off anymore. Now, there will be a link in the show description again, and I'm going to continue to leave the links in the show descriptions even after we've moved on for as long as I know for sure that the links are live. Once the links are no longer live, then we'll go make some changes. But I'll leave them up for your benefit, guys. And there will be one in the show description, and I hope you'll use it. Otherwise, go ahead and make this phone call. Uh, call the number that I'm about to give you. Because we've had enough of this economic ridiculousness going on. You need to be able to protect, to hedge your hard-earned savings protect it from these guys and one of the best ways to do that is through the use of precious metals so go ahead and call our friends over at uh, Golco before it's too late the number there is 855-387-2932 calling that number you can learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold silver and other precious metals it's important to remember that too take action today to protect yourself and to protect your family from financial collapse. Do it before the White House takes everything away. And we know they're trying really hard to take it all away. Call 855-387-2932 right now, and you can learn how you could qualify and possibly get up to $10,000 in bonus silver. That is, of course, while supplies last, and that is, of course, uh, looking at the IRA conversions. Now, they do other things, too, but that is still their focus. And if you're looking or if you've just been thinking about it, give them a call to get the information at the very least. That's all I'm asking you to do because, again, it's it's not going to be doing me any more good. I'm not in a position where it's going to matter. They are a lame duck sponsor at this point. They've made it clear they're not renewing. I owe them a couple more broadcasts, and I'm going to continue to put But I'm only doing that. Because I think there's a value. I think there's merit. And if you are a listener and you've been thinking about it, but you put it off, don't put it off anymore. Give them a call. 855-387-2932. That number is still at the moment associated with the show. So they'll still know that I'm the one that sent you. And who knows, maybe they'll change their mind about sponsoring the, the show. Uh, that's not really my concern at this point. They've got to do what they feel like they need to do. If they're not getting the return on investment, then I don't have any ill feelings. And I don't want you guys to, to think any differently about them either. But if it is something that you feel like you can benefit from or just something you feel like you need to know, give them a call. Seriously. Or again, if you're listening to the uh, podcast after the fact, go ahead and give uh, hit the link that will be in the show description. All right, let's hit that mid-hour break before I completely blow past this hour because I do have more stories to get to. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
Despite the often repeated lie about the founding fathers were all Masonic deists, many of them were actually firm believers in God, which is documented in their many writings. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, James Madison, the chief architect of the United States Constitution, wrote, and I quote, The religion then of every man must be left to the conviction and conscience of every man and is right of every man to exercise it as they may dictate. This right is in its nature an unalienable right. It is unalienable because the opinions of men, depending only on the evidence contemplated by their own minds, cannot follow the dictates of other men. It is unalienable also because what is here a right toward men is a duty toward the Creator. It is the duty of every man to render to the Creator such homage and such only as he believes to be acceptable to him. This duty is precedent both in order of time and in degree of obligation to the claims of a civil society. Before any man can be considered a member of civil society, he must be considered as a subject of the governor of the universe. Amen to that. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, to find out where. Go to the RonEdwards.com. Bye now. Bean stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs 
of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Heinstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Heinstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hi, I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. like oxygen and i love you guys thanks for being here uh, okay might be a little bit of a stretch uh, but it is true i do love you in a very platonic way this fellow patriots thank you for being here as always i greatly appreciate it hope you'll check out some of the brands i'm trying to help you to be aware of and i hope you will spend some time uh, actually engaging with the companies that support the show uh, that of course being the sponsors and got to get one more sponsor in this hour going to go ahead and do it now and of course we're talking about our friends over at vanish holsters now vanish holsters is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in the united states because it is according to thousands of their customers easily hands down unequivocally the most comfortable holster ever uh, it is literally designed to hold uh, about 99% of all semi-auto uh, handguns, you definitely want to have your handguns on you. It's designed to save you money by virtue of not requiring a tactical, uh, you know, a, any type of tactical belt. So you're good to go there. It's also designed to uh, be able to hold in multiple positions. So you can carry in whatever position works best for you, going back to that most comfortable holster ever scenario. Yeah, so what I'm going to ask you to do is visit www.vnsh.com 
backslash T-A-P-P. And by doing that, you'll get to see everything they got going on over there. You can make a purchase if you want to. And the really cool thing is that if you use that sign, if you use the backslash T-A-P-P when you uh, go in, you will have activated for yourself a $50 discount. And hey, who can't use a $50 discount if you're going to make a purchase of any kind? So again, whether we're talking about just looking for a new holster or if you're looking about getting your first holster, you might as well start with the best. And I really, really like Vanish holsters. Now, the other day I told you that there was a chance that they may not be renewing either. Hadn't heard anything official. Got official word actually today. Today being Tuesday, June uh, the 6th, 2023. That they are in fact renewing. They have made a six-month renewal with a 30-day option to cancel in the event that sales drop off and it's no longer uh, reading their return of investment criteria, which is understandable. And, of course, I'm like, okay, yeah, obviously. Uh, if we're not bringing in the money to justify it, then you should spend that money somewhere else. In this economy, I certainly would not want it any other way. I want to bring value to it. But, see, again, that's the quick reminder. These people want to sponsor this show, not because I'm some fantastic, super awesome seller, seller of their product, but because you guys, the listeners of the show, are fantastic. And you know a good thing when you see it, and that's why Vanish Holsters is really in a good spot here, because you guys are discerning. Okay, so now, with that having been said, we've covered everything there. I'm taking a quick peek. I got about well, about about eight minutes here before we have to uh, wind down the first hour, and that's probably not as much time as I really would like to discuss this next topic. But if I keep here babbling, I'm not going to get to it at all. So let's go ahead. I'm not going to stall. I'm not going to hold it over to the next hour because I've got uh, topics for the next hour too. So here we go. A California chort torch. A California church filed a lawsuit uh, this past Friday against the Biden administration's U.S. Department of Agriculture and California's Department of Social Services after the church's federal food funding was revoked due to the church's, quote, orthodox religious beliefs regarding sex and gender. So did you, did you get what that means? The Biden administration and the state of California not at all happy that the church, a religious organization that has an orthodoxy that is based on biblical teachings, are saying, we're not going to play your gender identity political game. There are two genders. There is male and female, and you don't get to change it just because you say you feel differently because they said that. Which is, in fact, what you should expect, you should demand from the church you attend if it's a Christian church. Because that is the dogma of the faith. It is very important. If your church is a Christian church and it is not adherent to the text of the Bible, if it's not following the gospel, if it's not following the words of Christ— then it's not really a Christian church anymore, and you should either A, move to change that, or B, 
find another church. So they did what they're supposed to do. And, of course, the state of California and the Biden administration, well, they can't have that, can they? No, 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 that is bad. How dare you not play our LGBTQ plus amber stamp carrot emoji, smiley face emoji, uh, divided by whatever else they're adding to the two spirit werewolf vampire community. An actual community that I would actually like to point out, where most of the members would really just prefer not to be in the spotlight, would really prefer a lot of these people claiming to represent them, would sit down, shut up, and stop claiming to represent them. But anyway, I digress. This, of course, is being reported uh, initially over by the Daily Caller News Foundation, in case you want to do follow-up with this story. Uh, the Church of Compassion in uh, El Cajon, California, which operates the Dayspring Learning Center, has been participating in the USDA's Child and Adult Food Care Program for nearly 20 years. Two decades. As part of the program, the church's preschool received approximately $3,500 to $4,500 per month to, and I'm quoting here, to help cover food-related costs for indigent students. This is all in the lawsuit, by the way. Now, according to the complaint, recent government mandates prohibit houses of worship that maintain traditional religious beliefs regarding human sexuality from participating in the anti-hunger program. Uh, let me say that last part again. Anti-hunger. A church-related organization is making sure that indigent people, and in this particular case, indigent students, are being fed. This program exists supposedly for that very purpose when we're talking about the federal dollars and the state of California overseeing and allocating these federal dollars. This is U.S. taxpayer money, I will remind everyone. And if we're going to spend money on stuff, I feel a little bit better about feeding hungry people than most of the ways the government tends to waste our money, right? I think most of us would agree. Uh, at least that is a worthwhile thing, although there's still probably better ways to go about it than expecting to try to go through government red tape to get there. But I digress. Because the mainstream traditional religious belief regarding human sexuality is involved, well, they're no longer allowed to participate in anti-hunger programs. The church received a notice back in October from Jesse uh, Rossells, chief of the Child and Adult Care Food Programs for the California Department of Social Services. In this notice, it said that the church's program would lose funding if it did not meet the requirements of the non-discrimination policy, which forces, quote, employees to read and abide by the handbook that specifically disallows lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender lifestyles. Okay. So in December, the church program's funding was, in fact, revoked because it failed to comply with the sexual orientation 
and gender identity non-discrimination provisions. What they did is they continued to preach the gospel. Okay? If you don't want to be exposed to the gospel, perhaps you should not be attending a religious organization's programs. Just a thought. Just putting it out there. Just, you know, let that idea meander a bit in your mind. So the church, represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, said that its preschool serves all families, including individuals who identify as LGBTQ+. The lawsuit was filed on June 2nd. It accused the USDA and the SDSS of violating the church's free exercise and free speech rights. On Monday, this past Monday, Alliance Defending Freedom announced the lawsuit on its uh, Twitter account, saying, quote, We've sued the Biden administration and California officials for unlawfully pulling federal food funds from a church preschool due to the school's belief on sexuality. The school feeds many low-income and immigrant children. Hungry kids should matter more than a political agenda. Now, there you have it. I, I need to stop right there. I don't need to say anything else. Because that is the hard-hitting actual truth. It is from their Twitter feed. And I wish I was saying this as my personal commentary because I couldn't possibly agree more. Feeding hungry kids should matter more than any political agenda. If you're going to take taxpayer dollars and you are going to spend it in a multitude of ways... At the very least, feeding hungry children is one that I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find very many folks objective against. Uh, hello, no, I object, sir. Do not feed those hungry children. You're not going to hear very much of that. In fact, if you hear any of that, I'm going to suggest that it's probably somebody either exaggerating for humorous effect or it's a leftist plant to try and make conservatives sound bad. Either one. Even the most staunch fiscal conservative is probably not going to get too overwrought at the idea of feeding hungry children. But for you, Joe Biden and your handlers, and for you, Gavin Newsom and all your little minions at social services, to sit back and say, well, we see that you're actually serving the community in a way that the church can do, in a way that the state simply can't, no matter its best efforts. And we see many people benefiting from what you're doing because you're still doing that silly little belief in Christ thing. Well, we're just going to have to say you're on your own. So two things. I hope they win the lawsuit. I, I really do. They, they should. There should be no question, no doubt that this is what should happen. But I also hope that more people than ever that are in a position to step up and do the right thing will more than make up for the missing funds. Private donations, private contributions in this 
is the way to go. And I hope that is what we will do. Let's just let's just make it happen, guys. Call to action. Ding 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 ding. Call to action. Let's uh let's put our money to work helping. Because, you know, we can't count on the government to do it. All right, let's reset the hour. Uh, we've got a whole second hour to go. You guys don't go anywhere. And uh, I'll be right back after this extremely brief break as we reset. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern it's easy to get burned. Hey, y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50-yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. When her long hair's blowing out a roll-down window, my old truck shines like a brand-new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free, lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, real cool kind of hot. All right, Steve, told you it'd be a very short break. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, sliding headlong into hour number two. Glad to have you here along for the ride. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I can't possibly thank you enough. Doesn't mean I won't try. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you some more. See, still not enough. It's just, it's just not. But I will continue to say those magic words because I do really appreciate you being here. And uh, you know what I don't appreciate? I don't appreciate a conservative governor who seems to have this misconception that somehow you could do a red flag law and it not be a violation of due process. That you can have a conservative governor who wants so very badly to move forward with a red flag law to the point that he's not even, he refuses to even call it a red flag law because he knows the argument against red flag laws have been made conclusively and very, very articulately, even by some folks that are just right at center. Forget right of center. Even some folks that are slightly left of center have acknowledge the fact that due process, a very important aspect of our constitutional rights, a very important aspect of our protections from being railroaded by a government that otherwise would quickly get out of control if they could just put us all in jail at a whim. You know, that banana republic police state that we seem to be slipping towards, that some would say we've already slipped into. Yeah, that, that thing. We, we need to be concerned about due process. Well, I say all these things because there is a particular conservative governor that is doing exactly that, and it's starting to push pretty hard again. He's calling it an order of protection law, 
because, you know, you typically think of order of protections as being something that's in place to protect someone who's being abused domestically. And you're calling it that so you can avoid the phrasing red flag law, which is exactly what it's called everywhere else. That governor happens to be the governor of the great state of Tennessee, my home state. It's happening right here. And of course, I'm talking about Governor Bill Lee. Now, most Tennesseans, and I'm not just saying this because I'm one of them, and I'm not just saying this because I've talked to several and they agree, although I have talked to several and they agree, but there is legitimate polling data that has questioned a huge swath of people who are residents of the state of Tennessee, and not just in the rural areas, but also in some of the more bluer regions of the state, like Memphis and Nashville and Chattanooga, uh, just to name a few. Most Tennesseans want governmental authorities to focus on arresting dangerous people, you know, the bad guys, the criminals, the people that do the harm, whether they have a gun or whether they have a knife or whether they have a brick or a sledgehammer or whatever weapon of choice they happen to be using, but the actual dangerous people, the, the bad guys. We, and I'm going to include myself with most Tennesseans here, want them, the authorities, the elected officials, the legislature, the governor of our great state, who ordinarily most of the time is decent on most uh, policies, we want you focusing on the bad guys rather than trying to take weapons away from anybody that we're going to preemptively deem as being mentally ill. Again, I, there's a legitimate poll. According to a new poll that uh, came out just the other day, just in time for this brand new push. Now, Governor Lee has already pushed this a couple of times, and he's pushing yet again. He's pushing for this variation of a red flag law, which, of course, is still directly pursuant to the events at Covenant School. The Nashville school shooting is what's most of the national uh, followers of the story, you call it the Nashville school shooting. The same school shooting in Nashville that led to grandstanding by state representatives who took over the floor of the house and got themselves expelled and then got themselves reinstated and are having to run in special elections to try to win their seats back. Yeah, the same events that took place. Covenant School. Now, two-thirds of the folks that were surveyed, two-thirds, 66%, want current laws to be enforced to remove dangerous people from the public, rather than passing new laws that would leave them in the neighborhood, according to the coefficient poll. Okay, that's who's running this poll, coefficient. So, we've got this poll. It was shared with the Daily Wire. Lee, Governor Lee, has called for a special session in August where he's expecting the state legislature to pass gun legislation. This variation of the red flag law. 
this effort on his part. Of course, is sparking debate here in the great state of Tennessee, especially among Republicans, and in particular, more conservative Republicans. The Tennessee GOP is, <clears throat> well, they're not exactly split. We have some rhinos in the Tennessee GOP, and the rhinos are on board. They want it. How do I know they're rhinos? Because you have to be a rhino to be on board with this. I never really thought of Governor Lee as being a rhino previous to this, but I have, of course, heard some other folks that know him better that claim that he is a little more of a squish when it comes to conservative policy, that he's just really good on business policy, which is why it doesn't necessarily show through very often. But when it comes to social policy, he's not as conservative as most of us would like. I, I think this falls somewhere in between. Now, I'll remind you that, especially if you happen to be outside of the state of Tennessee, most of the Tennessee GOP is, well, a pretty staunch pro-Second Amendment. Most of them are actually pretty solid conservatives on most issues. Governor Lee's office attempted to assuage uh, various conservative concerns. Some even went so far as to call them fears. In a statement telling the Daily Wire that uh, the governor's proposal is different from red flag laws passed by other states. It's still a red flag law, Governor. But let's get back to their story. This is what they're telling people, and we should hear what they have to say before I completely trash it. So back to quoting, <clears throat> to be clear, the governor does not support red flag laws, even though that's kind of what he's doing here. Sorry, back to quoting. <laughs> His proposal is different from any law across the country. It would strengthen Tennessee's existing law around the order of protection process for cases of domestic violence and enhance support for law enforcement, ensure due process, require the highest burdens of proof, and boost mental health support. All this according to Press Secretary Jade Byers. Except, and, you know, I, I, I want them to show me where are they getting their bolstering of due process. If you are not focused on getting mental health to the people who need it, if you're not focused on evaluating whether someone actually needs the mental health treatment, if you're not focused on determining if the individual truly is a danger to themselves and to the public, then you're in the wrong line to begin with, all right? You're, you're not looking at the cause. There's a reason why the left likes to throw around the phrase root cause so very often, because it makes them sound smart. It makes them sound like engineers, because an engineer will tell you, if you have a systemic problem, you have to get to the root cause of that problem so that you can understand it before you can ever hope to fix it. 
if you're not focused on the right aspect of violence where people are using firearms, then you're not going to be able to fix the systemic problem. So the root cause is something you should be looking at. But anything that says that we're looking at changing, we're looking at the existing order of protection process, we're looking to support law enforcement, then you're desperately trying not to explain how you're ensuring due process. We're, we're going to step in for this order of protection. If, if the person that comes before the court seeking an order of protection says they have a gun and they're dangerous, then we're going to enhance support for law enforcement by telling them that we'll get you the necessary backup to go in there and take their guns away from them. Where was the due process? Well, they're claiming the due process is coming from giving them the opportunity to get their firearms back. How is this different from red flag laws that exist elsewhere? You got a lot of fancy things added in, so it looks like your focus is elsewhere. But ultimately, you're still looking to take firearms away from people that have not been properly adjudicated as being a danger. Now, the coefficient survey conducted between May 30th and June 1st gathered data from 1,770 likely general election voters. According to the poll, Governor Lee gained support among voters when he signed a bill into law requiring armed security officers at every Tennessee public school. 77% of those surveyed supported the move. That's because that looks at the root cause. That is, while it's not proactive, well, I, mean, I get it is kind of proactive, but it's still kind of being reactive to what's already happened because if you're really going to be proactive, you would have done this before you were having school shootings. But it's reacted to what's going on. Just like this strange version of a red flag law that they're trying to call anything but. It's still a knee-jerk reaction to something bad that happened. And knee-jerk reactions are quite often the wrong reaction. So. Most Tennesseans, a whopping 77%, were on board with Governor Lee making funds available and signing into law a bill that the Republicans passed saying, we're going to get armed security on schools. We're going to put them in all the schools. We're going to take steps to physically protect your children so that nobody can come through with a gun and go on a rampage unchallenged. There's not going to be just a free-for-all turkey shoot going on in the public education sphere. Or private education, because they also made grants available for private schools, so that they too can do the same thing, with the expectation that if they utilize the grant, that that is what they do with that money. And it also is being used to harden the facilities. You know, make sure that you have metal detectors in appropriate places. Make sure that you have magnetic locks and there's one way in and one way out, and that you have to be checked in in order to get in. You have emergency exits, yes, but you can't just come in and out of those emergency exits. They're only to be opened in the event of an actual emergency, and your students are trying to safely get out. Uh, of course, 
as well as the staff and everybody inside the building who needs to safely get out. Not just the kids. Oh, sorry, teachers. You have to stay and go down with the ship. No, it's not like that. Although I kind of had that hearing in my back of my head when I said that. Oh, let the students out. What about me, says the janitor. Okay, yeah, you can go. <laughs> we'll let you out, too. You did a good job. But first, we're going to need you to sweep up the uh, gymnasium before you go. Now, it, it's not like that. I don't even know why my mind went there. Anyway, let's get back to the story. Because, you know, that's what we need to do. We are talking about the story. So, 77% of Tennesseans supported it. Good move. Quoting here. It's important to note that this proposal is just one part of the ongoing larger conversation with legislatures about a number of proposals to strengthen public safety and preserve constitutional rights. Again, this is from Byer's statement. The governor will continue to work with the General Assembly to secure schools and protect communities just like we did with our strong school safety package this year, which included more than $230 million to various school security and mental health resources. Again, that was a good program. If you're going to spend that kind of taxpayer dollars, that's a program we can get behind, again, because you're working to protect the children and you're dealing with the root cause. Now, the Republican governor's push for more school security and an order of protection law comes in the wake of a shooter murdering three students and three adults at the Covenant School in Nashville. That, of course, happened back on March 27th. The 28-year-old trans-identifying shooter, which technically we're not allowed to say, but uh, I'm going to say it. She... Thought she was a he. She played a few too many video games. She spent way too much time planning the attack. Her manifesto is still being kept from public viewing, still being kept away from the lawmakers of the state, which, you know, we talked about that not too long ago with America's psychiatrist. Just actually, what was it, three, maybe four shows ago? Same... Same broadcast where Judge Janine Pura was on with us. So if you want to go into the archives, uh, it's easy enough to find. This 28-year-old trans-identifying shooter was, in fact, receiving treatment for the information that was revealed, an emotional disorder. And this is according to Nashville police. And her parents did not want her to own guns. Her parents really wouldn't have much of a say in that, except for the fact that this person was still living with her parents. Living in their house, their rules. If their rules are no guns, she shouldn't have had guns. Constitutionally speaking, nobody should ever not be allowed to have a gun. But if that's the way the parents felt, and according to all the reports, the parents felt that way because they were concerned about her mental stability. Not that they don't believe in the constitutional right to own firearms, 
although they don't seem to be gun people, but because they were concerned about her mental state. Now, red flag laws, also called extreme risk protection laws, <laughs> more fancy fun words, red flag laws are in effect in 19 states, including in Republican-led Indiana and Florida. The controversial laws specifically target those deemed to have mental health issues and allow a state court to issue an order for law enforcement to confiscate weapons from those ruled to be at risk. Still due process, not really at play here, and that's why no conservative state should have a red flag law. And quite honestly, if you're going to abide by the Constitution, no state should have a red flag law. Again, due process is the heart of the issue here. Opponents of red flag laws argue that they pose a threat to Second Amendment rights and due process. Now, again, uh, how many times have I said due process already today? That is absolutely correct. It is a threat to due process. It's not just a threat. If you have a red flag law, it denies due process. You have to prove yourself competent after you've already had your weapons taken from you. You haven't been deemed to be a threat yet. You haven't been deemed to be a threat to yourself or others. Just somebody made an accusation. The court said, well, if we're going to make a mistake, we're going to make a mistake on the side of safety. That's always going to be their argument. And they're going to say, let's take the guns. Even the most conservative of judges and the most conservative of districts are going to say, let's err on the side of safety. Because they don't want to be the judge that stood on the principle of the Constitution. And because they didn't take somebody's guns away, they ended up going out on a shooting spree and kids got hurt. Now, even if it's just adults, there's going to be some anger. But it's always the emotion of kids being involved that gets the most bang for the buck, right? I mean, rightfully so. We're supposed to protect our children. Don't get me wrong on that one either. Don't, don't think for a second that I wouldn't make that argument because I've already been making arguments for the children earlier in this broadcast when it comes to protecting them from the leftist agenda of trying to surgically mutilate and chemically castrate these kids. But with red flag laws, that is what happens. They deem them to be at risk. They take the weapons and then it's up to the individual to prove that he's not the risk. That is not innocent until proven guilty. That's guilty until you find a way to prove yourself innocent, and here's hoping you can. That's the opposite of due process. So now opponents of red flag laws argue that they pose a threat to the Second Amendment rights and due process, which we've already said. And they do not prevent criminal acts which is also true and a thing that often gets overlooked when we have this conversation, because they don't. Governor Lee's proposal is slightly different than other already existing red flag laws, as it requires a hearing where a person can offer a defense before a judge would be allowed to order authorities to compensate the weapons. 
According to the Chattanooga Times Free Press, before ordering that a person's guns be taken away, a judge would have to see proof of mental illness, serious behavioral conditions, or serious emotional disturbance. Now, this is an effort to placate the concerns of the more conservative members of the GOP caucus. But I would still, and you're welcome to disagree with me if you want. I think you're wrong, but this would still not meet the definition of due process because the judge is still going to have to determine for themselves what meets this level because the law doesn't establish so there is nothing in what's being offered up the suggestion for the law now maybe if they go into the special session if they decide they are going to move forward with it maybe they will actually within the law express specifically what has to be done but then how can they as lawmakers be fit to make that determination this is something that psychiatrists should be determining. And unfortunately, we live in an age where most psychiatrists are more concerned about swapping little children's gender identities than they are about protecting them from real dangers like, you know, people storming into their schools and shooting at them. Because these people tend to be anti-gun in the first place, as Dan Wass would say, tend to be the gun grabbers. There's a really strong possibility, in fact, a high probability, that if you don't set very specific benchmarks for what is required to be considered mental illness, a serious behavioral condition, serious emotional disturbance, if you don't put those benchmarks in the law, then a lot of people are just going to have their guns taken away regardless because they're going to, again, fall back on the, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know you well enough to make a determination. And I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm a judge. And as such, I can only make a mistake. And if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to err on the side of public safety. And I, as a lefty, don't believe the public is safe as long as there's more guns on their Oh, officers, take the guns. Now, I would also like to point out that under this plan, and I just, I don't think they put much thought into it. If you are required to have this hearing in person before... Law enforcement is allowed to take your firearms. Presumably, you're not going to be able to have this hearing without notifying all the participants. Presumably, that means that you're going to have a hearing date that is some point in the future from the time that you're notified. So presumably, on the off chance that you are concerned that a judge is going to take your firearms, you might mysteriously have a boating accident where your boat sank to the bottom of the Tennessee River, and oh no, all my guns were on board, they're lost forever. 
So, you know, just with the obvious out there, just, just throwing that idea out there. Anyway, when first surveyed, 62% of Tennessee voters backed a red flag law, and that was embarrassing, but that was also heavily surveyed in Nashville and Memphis, mostly very blue areas. But 62% of the surveyed Tennessee voters backed the red flag law. But that support dropped to just 41% after the survey explained that the law complicates firearms of those deemed to have a mental illness, but leaves threatening individuals in the community. And see, and that's where their little catch-22 doesn't seem to really fit the agenda of public safety. It, it takes us right back to that fundamental question of what happens when somebody is determined to do bad things. They find a way to do the bad thing. If the only weapon someone has, Timothy McVeigh, is fertilizer, you find a way to make a bomb. If the only weapon someone has is a rock, David, you take down a giant with that rock, you build yourself a sling. Bye-bye, Goliath. Not all crimes being equal, not all acts of violence being criminal, but the point is, if you're determined to do a thing, you'll find a way to do the thing. If I am truly a threat to myself and others, I don't need a gun to be that threat. So if you're going to leave the people in the community, if they're truly a threat to the community, if they're truly a threat to themselves, more than being concerned about taking the guns away from the dangerous people, you should be more concerned about taking the dangerous people away from the public where they can do the harm. That also does require due process, I would also insert right there so everyone understands. But when Tennesseans realize that this is all about just taking guns away from dangerous people, but leaving the dangerous people out where they can be dangerous to the public, it doesn't seem like the best solution. And I have to agree. So that 62%, which was way too high, dropped to 41%, which is still way too high, by the way. Come on, Tennessee. 37% said that they oppose a red flag law, and 22% were unsure. Now, I don't know what these 22% were doing. Probably uh, spending too much time enjoying 420 which, by the way, technically is not legal in the state of Tennessee. However, if you've got Delta 8, Delta 9, or Delta 10, uh, technically those are legal in the state of Tennessee, and they uh, kind of have the same effect, right? Tennessee House Speaker Cameron Sexton, speaking to the Daily Wire also, said that he's currently working to prepare for the special session emphasizing that he wants to focus on re-examining existing laws. He said, quote, I do not support red flag laws. I have been working with stakeholders. I hate that word, but I guess it actually is the appropriate thing in this particular circumstance. 
I've been working with stakeholders, the medical community, law enforcement, and the judiciary system in preparation for the special session. We have existing laws in code that can be used. We must re-examine how they are or are not working. Revise them if necessary and close any existing loopholes. Still not sure if that's the appropriate tack. I mean, I much prefer that as opposed to creating new red flag laws. And I don't care how many times you want to call it an order of protection law, Governor, it's still a red flag law. And there is not a way. I, it doesn't matter how you try to skim around. It doesn't matter how many times you say that we're trying, going to protect due process. You're not able to protect due process and protect the public at the same time. You should make every effort, but the only way you have to protect the public is to try to make sure you have adequate policing available. That's it. That's all you can do. That's all you should do. Why is that an issue? Why is that controversial? It shouldn't be. And you know what else shouldn't be controversial? The fact that we went into this hour and I have not yet mentioned our friends over at fourpatriots.com. I mentioned earlier, back in the first hour, uh, my Patriot Power sidekick still digging that thing. And I think I told you guys the story not too long ago about how I'd been trying to run it down and I finally ran it down. And then I had a week of super rainy uh, weather, and so I got impatient, <coughs> and instead of trying to do the solar charge so I could tell you about that experience, I charged it a more traditional way, and now that it's back to full charge, I'm having a hard time running it back down again. Uh, before the summer is over, though, I will have run it down completely, and I will run my solar charging test. But in the meanwhile, all of your solar options for emergency backup electricity over at 4Patriots, you're not going to be able to find a better series of options than what they have over there. And again, I get it. Maybe you already have your gas-powered generators. Maybe you're an expert at it, and you don't have to worry about the dangers of carbon monoxide poisoning because you've got proper ventilation and you've got everything set up and you knew what you were doing. And if so, hey, great, congratulations. I, I don't say that to diminish you in any way or to insult you. I, I that The tone, I suppose, maybe sounded that way, but I don't mean that. What I do mean, though, is that there's a ton of folks out there that still need emergency backup electricity who don't have that level of expertise. I spent... The first month that Four Patriots was a sponsor of the show, talking to you about a gentleman who lost his family because they had a hurricane. The power went down. They had known the hurricane was coming. He went out. He tried to do the responsible thing, be the man of the house, be the provider and protector. He went out. He bought a gas-powered generator, cranked that bad boy up so that they would have electricity uh, while... They were waiting for the power grid to get back up. But he wasn't an expert. And he lost his wife and three children to carbon monoxide poisoning overnight because 
of poor ventilation. And that's always a risk when you have gas-powered uh, backup generators. It's just, that's the case. That's why it's really important to make sure that you have your generator safely uh, set up and that it's far enough away from any entrances to the house that you don't have to worry about the fumes coming inside. A lot of very important things to keep in mind. In fact, uh, several uh, modern designs have the generator itself a good distance from the house when you have to run a line. But the great thing about the solar generators that Poor Patriot has available, they're quiet and they're solar. So you, you don't have to worry about fumes. So you don't have to worry about carbon monoxide. It's great stuff. Anyway, there is that and there's a ton of other great stuff over at fourpatriots.com. And so I highly recommend you visit for Patriots, all you have to do is go to fourpatriots.com. That's the number four, then the word Patriots, and then .com. Once you're there, you can take a look around. That's lots of cool stuff. And if you do come across something that you just absolutely, positively cannot do without, that you have to order, then don't forget to use promo code TAPP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. Save yourself 10%. It's a good deal, right? There will be links in the show description also, by the way, if you are listening to the podcast after the fact. That is fine. I hope you will. Just visit 4 Take full advantage. Also, before we take the mid-hour break, I want to remind you again about our good friends over at Gold Co. Now, Gold Co. and I are going to be ending our sponsorship relationship soon. But that doesn't mean that you can't take full advantage of the opportunity of transitioning at least some of your cash into precious metals. Gold Co. specializes in converting IRAs, but they do have other things available as well. And the only thing that I'm going to ask you to do is to call the number or to click the link in the show description if you're listening to the podcast and just Check out the information for yourself because there's a lot that these guys can do to help you with. And that is completely independent as to whether or not they're paying to be a sponsor of the show or not. So again, I'm going to recommend that you check it out before the, the official ending of our agreement. Because once that ends, I won't be mentioning them on air anymore. But it doesn't mean that you don't have an opportunity to protect yourself and your family's financial future through Gold Co. So give them a call at 855-387-2932 so you can learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from fiscal collapse because good grief, ladies and gentlemen, Biden and his economy, how dangerous it dollar is becoming less and less valuable every single day need to move it into precious metals at least some of it so call 855-387-2932 right now so you can learn how to get up to uh, ten thousand dollars in bonus silver if you qualify while supplies last <clears throat> I'm not real sure exactly when this number will be changed over because this number is associated with this show I'm sure you probably heard some other folks doing podcasts and radio shows that do work with Gold Co. that are offering up a different number. Every number is unique to the folks that they are sponsoring. And 
when they do that, they're being pretty select. I felt kind of proud that they wanted, given some of the other folks that they've sponsored, that they wanted to uh, associate with this show. I'm a little sad that we're parting company. But that is the nature of the business, and they need to get the return on investment. If you guys do it, I, I think it's probably too late for them to change their mind at this point. But it's not too late for you to take advantage of what they offer. This number may become associated with somebody else in the near future. But still, what I'm asking you to do is call and check and find out. Because I want that to be you. I want you to protect yourself from the Biden economy. One last time, that number is 855-387-2932. And the link in the show description will permanently be associated with this show. There's not going to be able to change that. That's just the way it is. All right, so you guys stay right where you're at. going to do, again, a little bit late, the mid-hour break. And uh, then, one final story before we part company. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Don't take my word. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. Hollywood's little Oscar statue is now less valuable than ever before. It no longer is an award for acting greatness, but rather it's all about your pronoun or those who the control leftist freaks have deemed worthy of an Oscar based upon their miserable existence. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hollywood extreme leftists have proudly announced that moving forward to be nominated for an Academy Award, you must have your leading role in any movie. A percentage of it has to be from an underrepresented community. A third of the workers behind the camera have to be from an underrepresented community. The editors, the shredders, the camera guys have to be part of an underrepresented community or else your movie or its participants cannot be nominated. The Hollywood elites defined being of the underrepresented community. One, women, people of color, which is code word for black female, LGBTQ, etc. community. People with disabilities, people from low income communities, people from rural areas and people of indigenous heritage. But nothing about acting greatness. Oh, well. There's yet another mess that Hollywood is getting itself into. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to the RonEdwards.com. Bye now. Hi, this is Rod Eccles, and you're listening to Tap Into the Truth with Tim Tapp. Hey! 
second goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Yeah, yeah. Tentinal shoppers, tentinal yeah, shoppers. Yeah, yeah. There's a cleanup yeah, on every aisle. Yeah. Target yeah, is targeting yeah, your kids. Yeah. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Target is targeting they my kids. But they're targeting your kids. Okay. They don't even need to ask because you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap. And I'm always by my bears. This agenda got to stop. Yeah, you know we're going to win when they target. Target, yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target kids. Target, target, yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target kids. And we need to keep up the pressure on all of these boycotts. They're working. We're sending the message. And we need to continue to send the message because now we're starting to see more of the kid-oriented products and companies putting out that wonderful rainbow on everything because we're in the month of June proper. And it is, of course, the corporate time of year where we acknowledge the left and all its insanity as we embrace the lie. And it is insanity, which is why I want to talk to you a little bit about this next story. There's not a lot of time left in today's show. And I'm not going to be able to do it justice because, really, I can probably sit here and go on for the better part of an hour about how ridiculous this is. But in New York City, around these parts when you say New York City, you say it with a certain accent and then you look at one another and then you say, get a rope. 
New York City. Anyway, in New York City, they now have vending machines that are out there and available that provide free crack pipes, condoms, Narcan, which in case you're not familiar with it, that is the drug that is used to overcome OD, the certain certain common street drugs that often cause OD, mostly opiates. So New York City has distributed a new vending machine started on Monday uh, that provides free crack pipes, free condoms, Narcan uh, for drug overdoses, among other items. Uh, the Big Blue Machine is the first of four vending machines that will be installed in some of New York's most drug-infested neighborhoods. This according to city health department officials. We're, we're looking at the situation and we figured the best answer is to make it easier for you to engage in the dangerous and questionable behavior. Because that's what we do in blue areas of the country. We don't try to solve the problems. We try to make the problems worse until you just have no choice but to rely on us, the state. Anyway, the vending machines will offer, quote, safer smoking. Safer smoking kits. These kits include a crack pipe, a mouthpiece, and lip balm for smoking crack and crystal meth. All this according to the New York Post. The machines also offer safer sniffing kits, as well as the emergency overdose drug, Narcan. The drug test strips that detect fentanyl are also available. Uh, people can also pick up other non-drug-related items from the machine, like condoms and tampons and nicotine gum and first aid kits. Of course, the first aid kits way back on the end of the list. Drug addicts can access the free items by punching in their New York City zip code. That's really all you have to do. Machines cost the city $11,000. $11,000. That's city taxpayer money, guys. Just to make it easier for your drug addicts to continue to be drug addicts? Where exactly does public safety fit into these folks' ideas? I mean, I don't... <coughs> I, I can't help but chuckle at the fact that I even said that. I almost said it with a straight face. Almost. City officials, they held a press conference this past Monday right beside one of these machines, and they said the following. Quoting Health Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vashen, We have a rising tide of fentanyl, and now... We have other substances entering our drug supply, which is really putting us behind the eight ball. <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. Eight ball, get it? <sighs> Vaskin cited Trank, uh, better known as the zombie drug, a horse tranquilizer that causes skin lesions that look like flesh is being eaten off and can slow a person's heart until it stops. Drug dealers are reportedly mixing the trank 
with other drugs like meth, cocaine, and fentanyl to prolong the high. Trank previously proliferated on the streets of San Francisco and Philadelphia, but it has recently hit the streets of New York with astonishing speed for something that slows you down. Again, law enforcement is taken aback by how quickly it's becoming popular. Quoting here, again from Vasquez, We are in the midst of an overdose crisis in our city, which is taking a fellow New Yorker from us every three hours and is a major cause of falling life expectancy. Also in their minds, it's a leading cause of reduction of tax dollars. So, you know, we got to keep these folks alive long enough to either be a bigger burden so they're an excuse for us to raise taxes or so that they can get themselves clean, go get a job, and start paying taxes. Neither one's fine with that. Vassin said public health vending machines are <clears throat> an innovative way to meet people where they are and to put life-saving tools like Narcan in their hands. Yeah, but how life-saving is that crack pipe? This is an important arrow in our quiver. <laughs> so now they're freaking Robin Hood, evidently. Uh, it's not the be-all and end-all solution. Well, now at least some level of honesty snuck into this statement. But it's an important tool that says to New Yorkers, hey, we're going to bring the tools that save lives to you. Uh, also, while we're at it, we're going to bring you condoms and crack pipes and other things that are probably going to encourage you to engage in risky behaviors rather than, you know, save lives. The first vending machine does not include syringes or drugs like heroin, but other machines may include them. And by may, what they actually mean is definitely will, it's coming, they're just trying to secure the contracts, you know, with a reputable heroin dealer. <coughs> okay, so city officials said similar vending machines in Philadelphia and Nevada, as well as in Denmark and Europe and Australia, have proven effective at lowering the overdose rate and spread of diseases. Except what they didn't tell you is that it lowered the overdose rate about 18 months after their introduction because the people prone to overdeeing were dead within the first eight months after their introduction. So then you started seeing a major drop-off. Funny how the trend line isn't as important as the end point when they want you to think they're doing something that's good. Anyway... Fiddle overdose data from 2022 is still being compiled, but officials estimate that 2022 may have been the deadliest year on record for drug overdose deaths. There were 1,370 fatal overdoses in the city of New York in just the first half of 2022. In all of 2021, there were 2,668 overdose deaths in New York City. That was a record then. In 2020, 
2,103 people fatally overdosed in the city. About 84% of those deaths involved an opioid, and 80% of them involved fentanyl. This according to the New York City Department of Health. Fentanyl is, of course, a deadly, deadly synthetic opioid that is 100 times more potent than morphine and 50 times more potent than heroin. It doesn't take much to kill you. It doesn't stop people from doing it. Sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes the dealers are simply cutting a little bit of the fentanyl with whatever other drug they're selling without informing their potential customer of what they're about to get into. Look, once again, New York City finds a way to lead the way with really bad ideas. If you're not familiar with Frank, I suggest you spend a few minutes searching uh, the the word, Trank, the drug. You'll bring up a lot of videos of some very scary-looking stuff. It Probably the worst thing to hit the scene since Crocodile. All right, before we say goodbye, do you have to make sure that I mention one more time before we go, our friends over at Vanish Holster. Now, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a gun owner like me, you've probably been in a situation where you bought a holster and it was just so uncomfortable you stopped carrying. That puts us at a disadvantage. Heaven forbid we find ourselves in a situation where we have to protect ourselves, defend our family, or our neighbors, or even our property. Do not put yourself at that risk. Do not get yourself a holster that is so uncomfortable that you stop carrying. Instead, get yourself a Vanish holster. They have thousands of customers that swear that it is the most comfortable holster ever. Reason for that? Because it's pretty damn comfortable. <laughs> Plus, it saves you a lot of money. It's designed to fit 99% of semi-auto handguns. It is designed to operate without a tactical belt, so there's... The, none of the harnesses or belts you got to do. It's also designed to let you carry in multiple positions. Again, going back to that most comfortable ever. All you have to do to save yourself $50 is to activate and go to the website that I'm about to give you. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, you can go to just the vnsh.com, but you're not going to get your $50 discount. Why don't you want the $50 discount? Take the $50 discount. One more time, that's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's going to be it for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here as always. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, me, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Is using both hands. Well, I prefer the three to wait to the tiny two to three. It gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family. Using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.